this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. Thank you, everybody, who supported us in the Maximum Fun Drive. Um, you know, we say Maximum Fun a lot of the times, and if I'm being fully honest, and Jesse would hate me saying this. Now oh, here comes the bad boy. It's uh, For me, I can only usually hit like 94% fun. fun. And I guess for me, that upper echelon, that is my maximum fun. Mm. But I got to say this year, against (laughs) all odds, operating on, one might say criminal levels of sleep, one might say physically impossible to survive levels of sleep, I hit it. Maximum fun this year. And when you do hit it, a beam of light shoots out of your chest. Can I? Yeah. Can I interject? Did Did you do the beam of light or not? No, I I, oh. I always get distracted when you talk about uh, the amount of sleep that you're getting. Yeah, because it it's is more than you, <laughs> significantly more than me. Right? Yeah, you're you're getting up what about every hour yeah. in the nighttime? Yeah. Um, so you're seeing like times on the clock that are like <laughs> so bonkers, right? Sometimes it hits 4:20, and I think about waking you up just to it's say, "Funny it. to see that." Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah I've seen a 4:20 or two uh, during this stretch, and it always I, I always bust up, and I get <laughs> like blazed stonked stone, just totally zooted out of my fucking gourd. <laughs> And don't tell anybody about that though, um, because I don't think they want you to do that when you got a baby, but. Listen, I, I, I'm so appreciative to our fans, to our friends, yeah. to our family, yeah. to our, our faith, faith, <laughs> <laughs> to everything. Uh, you all came out in a big way and supported us. And year after year, you 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 come out in a big way, and we just we it it it, it means so much. And uh, we'll we'll never be able to thank you enough. Yeah, a lot of really nice messages, particularly about how this show has been helpful to people during this uh, challenging year. Yeah, and that is that is nice to hear because it is not always the easiest show to make when times are tough. And a lot of uh, solidarity from parents of uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, f- fellow parents of let's say fart laden babies, just yeah. babies who are he- heavy with farts. <laughs> We're doing great, though. Gus is is really turning it around. Nope. But he turned it around 360 degrees. <laughs> so it's right back to where we started, which is the toilet. But we're, I don't know. I'm feeling ready to do a podcast, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, what you yeah. got any, hey, listen, this would be a good, a uh, good little way to, hey, this <laughs> might be a good little way to uh, kickstart things. You got any small wonders? Oh, oh boy. Uh oh. Will you go first? Technology on my phone lets me play video games on my computer upstairs. That's wild to me. I've <laughs> I think I've talked about it on this show before, but like I can get on my phone and play. I've been playing Mass Effect, uh, which is like an old game that they just remastered. Been playing it on my phone, like downstairs, uh, you know, in the middle of the night, just like hanging out. And it's it's wild to me that I can do that. My phone. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I use for taking pictures and what's other things you can do with a phone talk yeah and pictures look at pictures uh-huh and do uh see how many steps see how many steps and do temperature yeah and a calculator okay you've given me a lot of time now okay good uh cashew milk <laughs> okay wow 
<laughs> I um, this feels like B. I I love you. This feels like BS to me. I've never seen you drink cashew milk. No, but it's in a lot of products that I enjoy. I see. I am learning now. So uh, for those of you keeping score, uh, I am off dairy. I am also now off soy again, as right. per recommendation, because uh, our babies have terrible digestive systems. True, which, true, true. Which I'm not going to say comes from a particular side of our family, but yeah, uh, it's mine. It's, that's a, <laughs> sorry for folks who are new to the show. It's mine. We're really bad at eating food and digesting it without making terrible stuff happen. <laughs> Um, and so I have this ice cream and then that butter. Oh, that uh, butter though. Both made with cashew milk. Which yeah. It's a very, it's a very rich kind of fatty milk. Ooh, it sure is. Uh, Not is, like your almond, no, almonds no, no, milk. No, 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 no. This is that, that <laughs> chunky stuff. Yeah. We're not going to say the brands though, because they didn't pay us. Hey, do you want to know what my only thing is this week? Yes. What the thing is that I'm bringing? Yes, please. In this new truncated format that we're getting a lot of positive feedback and a lot of buzz <laughs> from the press saying that they love it. And this is the only way that they want us to do the show uh-huh. from now on. Yes. I want to talk about, and this is a topic that's important to me, and you can vouch for this, sweet rolls. Sweet rolls. Sweet. I was going to do cinnamon rolls, but I felt like it wasn't enough of a topic, so I decided to expand that out into sweet rolls. Okay, sweet I rolls. was confused because you were saying sweet rolls like it was a TM thing, mm. and, and I was thinking Swiss rolls. But uh, I, I wouldn't know. I'm not talking about Swiss. Swiss cake is like its own category of like rolled up cakes. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. In fact, there's a there's a sort of quartet of uh baked goods that you, one would consume typically for breakfast, right? You got your donuts, you got your cakes, which I think like waffles and pancakes would like fall into that. You have your pastries, right? Your danishes, your what have yous, and then you have your sweet rolls. And boy howdy, if I could only keep one of them and the other three had to get launched into the sun, sorry donut lovers, for me, I gotta keep the sweet rolls. So what else is there besides a cinnamon roll in this category? Cinnamon roll, there's an orange roll, there's a pecan pecan roll, pecan swirls. I would count honey buns in this category, and I'm gonna talk about all of these in depth. Chelsea buns, those thingies with the currants and and nuts on them. Can I request that you start calling me honey buns? Um, you can certainly request it (laughs) and I will file the motion (laughs) through the correct legislative bodies and we'll, you know, whip, whip up support for it Mm -hmm. and see what we can get going. But if I'm going to be honest, (laughs) things are really tough right now in, in, in the, in the, the house of, uh, McElroy representatives, especially (laughs) when it comes to pet names, they've been so divisive. Like pet names are the third rail of household politics. Yeah. I mean, I guess you call me honey. Yeah. And And sometimes I, I look at you and I yell, (laughs) um i think they are you know me like i'm big into a handheld food yes that i just rewatched the lord of the rings movies and there's this thing in sort of the tolkien verse called i think it's called limbus bread it's elven bread and the whole thing is that you take a bite of it and it's like eating a whole meal. So they give them to the hobbits when they go on their big quest so that they can, you know, save room in their backpacks. And to me, a two-bite cinnamon roll is basically that. Like a two-bite cinnamon roll fills me up so good, which is wild because I know how many bites of food I just ate. And also, do you actually eat it in two bites? No. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who they're thinking of when they call that a two bite. Oh, I don't know. 
Not me. I do it in, in one big monster bite. You called me out. I can't believe I was so embarrassed. The longest running Christmas tradition that our family has inexplicably is that every Christmas morning we eat cinnamon rolls and orange rolls. We've yeah, done this every year. This. Uh, of course, you've noticed it. You've done it now like 11 yeah. times or however many Christmases <laughs> we've spent together. Um, I, I don't know why that tradition got started. I'm not complaining. So for me, I think that there is probably a bit of a, like, you know, neurons connecting, like, positive memories with cinnamon yeah. rolls and orange rolls. Um, they're positive to every sense, right? Except hearing. I don't think one hears, a, like, a cinnamon roll or an orange roll or a pecan roll and is like, Hey, hmm. sidebar, did you ever go to Ann Sather in Chicago? Ann Sather? Do they, are they the ones that make the big boys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, my yeah. gosh. That, oh. The big mm. boys, so I, I wanted to say, and you really, now I'm, I'm all, sorry. Uh, my all shit's all, all mixed I, up. Yeah. <laughs> there is a, there's a limit to my love. Oh, okay. And that limit is like a Cinnabon. And an Ann Sathers. Ann Sathers is fine if it's like, this is what I'm doing today. But like Cinnabon, I will walk by a Cinnabon at an airport and be like, the smell is so outrageous. Those things are like five pounds. But you eat one and it's like, you miss your flight because you fell asleep wherever you were standing <laughs> yeah. at the moment where you started to eat the Cinnabon. There's like a, uh, an event horizon of Cinnabon that when you've eaten too much of it, your body stops functioning yeah and maybe it'll start functioning again later maybe you have died is the other thing mm -hmm. so cinnabon for me is a little too much of a good yeah. thing no that's fair but in a house you wake up in the morning yeah and you got one of them pillsbury cans and you pop those open which is scary that's probably the worst part <laughs> of the cinnamon roll experience for me is that you have to basically just diffuse a bomb yeah and there's not a great way to do it. They say unwrap the wrapper, put a little spoon on it, and push the spoon to pop. Still scary every time. And I cry. I do cry mm -hmm. every time. Um, and you've been worried about me in the past, I think, when you came into the kitchen to see me crying over the cinnamon rolls. Yeah, I said, Griffin, are you cutting onions? And you're like, no, I had to open cinnamon rolls. Right. Um I just, the way my brain thinks about breakfast foods is broken. And I think that that's probably true for a vast majority of Americans where when I see a donut, I'm like, well, that's a dessert that we have made acceptable to eat. Exactly. In the breakfast times, um, or when I see a sugary cereal, it's like I, I've put away my childish things. I can't because of all the sugar in you. But when I see a sweet bun or a sweet roll of any variety, of any stripe, it's like, ah, there it is. The reasonable, the thinking man's breakfast breads, <laughs> even though it's probably not even remotely Yeah, healthier. I've noticed that line that we arbitrarily draw, because a lot of times Henry will ask for like uh, fruit snacks in the morning, and we'll say, no, no, no you can't have that for breakfast. But and have then... these fruity pebbles, <laughs> which are small, crunchy fruit snacks, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But these have been endorsed by the Flintstones, and they know health. Are fruity pebbles technically part of the paleo diet? It's food for thought, huh? Didn't think about that. These are the tough questions. What has happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question that nobody's asking. Are Flintstones diet vitamins part of the paleo diet? Oh my gosh, this would be perfect if you were doing this show with Travis McElroy. You're right, but I'm sorry, you're not. I'm I'm happy to be doing it with you. You take me down so many delightful roads on this show. You think Travis knows anything about poetry? He does not. Yeah. I can pretty much guarantee that. 
So to dial in on the cinnamon roll specifically for a moment, although again, I love all types of rolls. My mom used to make pecan rolls at home with like white raisins in them. Ooh. Boy, it's, you got a lot of nuts and fruit and stuff in there, and I, it just excited me every time. Raisins are a thing that people put in cinnamon rolls, which I don't know how I feel about that in general. I feel like the cinnamon roll <laughs> is pretty good to go already. Uh-huh. Anyway, cinnamon rolls. <laughs> it's a very popular food across Europe and North America, uh, although we are, get this, Usually the only ones that slather them in icing and cream cheese frosting, <laughs> if you could believe that. Uh, apparently they run a little bit spicier up in Canada. Up in Canada, they run as spicy. Uh, they what, use just you... more cin- They use a lot more oh. cinnamon, and so it's um, it's spicy to eat them. Like, I, I thought you were talking about like a savory spice, like a little little cayenne. Ooh, <laughs> no, but. This is the thing that I read where I was like, okay, now I do want to talk about this because I love my beautiful Midwestern wife, and she may have some knowledge of this. And if so, I want to drill down into it to sort of – there's a Midwestern tradition. Uh, I've seen it in Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa where cinnamon rolls are frequently paired with chili. No, I don't know anything about this. It's a thing that a lot of people – are very strong advocates for. I would say most of those people, it's on the side and you eat some of the savory chili and then you have some of the sweet cinnamon roll. And then there are some people who I will call ghouls that do a dip situation into it. I have never heard of this. Uh, It it shattered me because I, there's a fragment of my soul that hears that and is like, that sounds actually like something I would definitely do. I mean, a lot of people put kind of sweet stuff in chili, like cinnamon and sweet potatoes. It's right there in the yeah, tin, yeah. yeah. But it's this is a this is a woof. This is a quite a pairing, huh? Yeah, I I St. Louis tends to kind of skew differently than a lot of the Midwest, so it's possible that this exists in Missouri, but I have never heard of it. Okay, well, all our Nebraskan and Iowan and Kansan. Kansas and I'm curious how Ohio feels about this because I know they have strong chili beliefs. They have they have terrible chili beliefs. And I can <laughs> say this because I lived in West Virginia, which is basically Ohio, and lived in Ohio for a year and have had a lot of exposure to Skyline Chili, both externally and internal <laughs> exposure to Skyline Chili. And um I don't claim that. I don't claim that as my heritage because um, <laughs> it's not good chili. Uh, but I just I, a sweet roll really gets me there. Oh God, we had a vending machine in our high school. First of all, we had a Fruitopia vending machine in our high school, which is Love fucking it. nuts. I've talked about that before. 90s kids know. Except I didn't go to high school in the nineties. <laughs> this was like two thousand four. We got a Fruitopia machine. It's like. It's 2004. What are we doing? <laughs> Who's the Fruitopia vendor that's like driving up the hill to our high been. school to refill the Fruitopia vending machine once a year because nobody's <laughs> buying Fruitopia? It must have been a heavily discounted option for your school. They must have yeah. had a budget set aside for vending machines. And they said, yes. what can we get for this much? And they said, well, I think we still have a Fruitopia. But there were copious vending machines with honey buns in them. And I probably spent, I would say, $400 on honey buns just throughout my yeah. matriculation at Huntington High School. Um, I just, I like a hearty food and I like a sweet breakfast food and I feel like sweet buns are, are, are what bridges that gap beautifully. And also I want to close this out by saying in Finland and in Sweden, they celebrate cinnamon bun day on October 4th. So mark our calendars (laughs) because that's when we're going to, maybe that's when we do our chili dive. 
Oof. Oof, I know. You make a good chili. Pillsbury yeah. makes a good cinnamon roll. Yeah. We bring them both together. And if it doesn't work, we never talk about it ever again. <laughs> yeah, we, de- we never admit to it. We never tell anybody. This, I imagine, will be one of those segments where we get a lot of posts in the Facebook group of people like, y'all don't even know. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's heavenly. We'll see. But you got a long road to hope. You're going to convince me of that. I just pictured a bread bowl, but it's a cinnamon roll and you put chili inside. Now I'm back. I've actually circled back around. <laughs> actually, no, wait. I'm thinking about the consistency of that bread after yeah, the chili yeah. has sat in it for eight seconds. And I'm not. I'm actually circled right back around. Gross. Yuck. No, thanks. Can I steal you away? Yes. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, There's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis website design or website functionality, and you think, I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain hey we have a couple of uh jumble brands here and i would love to read this first one if it's okay with you please this first one's for joseph and it's from risa who says hi joseph we met on a garbage app during a garbage year full of garbage things but our love is not garbage and is definitely wonderful here's to more recipes cooked together cuddles and taz on the couch and way more adventures to places that aren't our homes you make me so happy love your first and only boyfriend risa 
Oh, man. When you think of people listening to Taz. Always on the couch. <laughs> I just like, I always assume people listen when they're doing other things. No, though. No, not Taz. They turn the lights off. They sit in a dark room. <laughs> They can sit next to somebody like Joseph and Riza, but I know that they're keeping it absolutely silent at respecting the art. Honestly, I have tried to listen while doing other things, and I get very lost. Yeah. Very well, so rich is the tapestry we weave. <laughs> can I read the next one? Okay. This is for Jack and Ryan, and it is from Jeremy! Exclamation point. Hey there, Jack and Ryan. Bet you didn't expect to see me here. Well, maybe you did. I'm sure you don't have much expectations anymore. We've just passed the 50th episode of our podcast, and it's been so much fun doing this with you both. Can't wait to hit it big and leave you suckers behind. With love and beans on the stove, Jeremy. I respect and appreciate Jeremy's restraint for not trying to drop that plug. Yeah. People have tried. People have tried. Oh, boy, unless wait. What if their podcast is called Beans on the Stove? <laughs> Sneaky. Damn it. They got us again. <laughs> 50 episodes, though. That's pretty significant. That is. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, you're rounding that year mark, and that's when you start getting the big bucks. That's when you get a signed letter from Mark Marin in the mail congratulating <laughs> you on your diligence. And a coupon for a hug and a head scratch. That's right. Mm-hmm. We have wasted this world. Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek, what else? Fortune and glory. Dive into the Ether Sea, the latest campaign from the Adventure Zone, every other Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, what's your thing that you want to talk about this time, huh? What is it? All getting out the laptop, huh? Ooh, opening up Nexus Lexus. Got some peer-reviewed research that we want to talk about. Did you say Nexus Lexus? Is it Lexus Nexus? Pretty sure it's the other way around. It's not a good name for a service, regardless. That's fair. They should call it Searcho. <laughs> and you can have that Nexus Lexus. You can use it, because Lexus is already a car thing. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the quality you're bringing to the show today is like it's like griffin's kooky cousin this is what i've brought to every podcast recording <laughs> i've done in the last six weeks so i don't know what you want from me uh so i also was looking for kind of a big category like your sweet roll yeah um because what i found myself looking at a lot was like uh children's fortune tellers kind of Okay, like a, a cootie catcher, I yeah. believe is what, yes. So I looked a little bit into the cootie catcher. And MASH. Uh, I looked at MASH, too. Um, what I settled on talking about, though, was the Magic 8-Ball. This is good. We should also clarify that talking about cootie catcher and MASH in the age of when everybody is born sort of with a smartphone in their hand is probably buck wild because I'd be willing to bet there's a lot of our listeners who have no yeah. idea what we just talked about. So the cootie catcher is like an origami folded handheld uh, like little pincher toy where you move your fingers to move the uh, 
catcher and people guess numbers. It's impossible to describe this thing. <laughs> it is. And and then you like f- unfold a flap on the number they pick yeah. to like reveal a fortune. And MASH, uh, if you listen to Janet Varney's show, you know about it. Oh, she yeah. does it with all her guests. That's right. Uh, but it it was a way to predict kind of where you would end up living and who you would marry and what kind of car you would drive. And it was a lot of like kind of like fortune telling basically right but but not as uh sinister as maybe some fortune telling seemed to be to kids like like the ouija board was a little more controversial i think that was less fortune telling and more communing with the the dead but yeah i understand uh but yeah i wanted to talk about the magic eight ball did you did you of course yeah i had a magic eight ball i think i had like a yoda magic eight ball where like the dice would come (laughs) up and it would be like uh in for in in for good in for good good tidings thou art that sounded more like the bible than yoda (laughs) (laughs) but the voice was good i was very impressed with the voice yeah thank you uh, so the Magic 8-Ball, the standard one, has 20 possible answers. Uh, ten- Wait, what? Yeah. It's a 20-sided dice inside of it? Uh-huh. I never knew that. Yeah. I think I just assumed it was like 8 or 10. It's 20. Well, maybe you just always got the same ones. Like the I same- can't, I, I, gun to my head, I could give you like three different responses. Mm-hmm. Like ask again later and yeah. like signs point to yes and yeah. honestly, that's it. And then there's 18 more apparently. Yeah, so there's 10 affirmative, 5 non-committal, and 5 negative. Then that's not a very good fortune-telling device, it <laughs> seems like, yes? But is it supposed to be evenly split? Which you can't do with 20, by the way. Well, you could have, like, 6 yeses, 6 non-committals, 6 noes, and then, like, 2 jokes. <laughs> <laughs> just one that says orange you glad i didn't say banana yeah <laughs> wait one of the things is tr- roll again is that one of the non-committal ones i guess uh so. reply hazy try again oh, that's you're mm. a fucking toy ball filled with juice <laughs> delicious juice that all i ever wanted to do was drink it and no and no it's properties <laughs> You know what I read, and I don't know if this has always been true, but it is uh, it is alcohol dyed blue. Oh, so, shit. So yeah. ki- there probably were some scoundrels probably. cracking one of these things open, drinking that sweet juice inside. Uh, Why does it have to be alcohol, though? I guess because water would evaporate, but alcohol evaporates faster than water, I think. Dang it, I wish I knew anything about chemistry or also anything. <laughs> Um, I, I had one, uh, for a while and then I decided to paint it. I wanted to paint it like the globe and cause I thought, oh, there's water inside. It'll be kind of fun if it's like a globe and you shake it and you hear the water. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, you you can't use it anymore. (laughs) You can't? I guess if you paint, you didn't paint over the hole, did you? (laughs) Yes, I did. Hun. I know. Why? You know, no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, it's like the one part you could have painted the rest of it except for the hole. I, you know, I was dedicated to my art and I wanted. If you were dedicated to your art, you shouldn't have painted the hole. You never paint the hole. <laughs> uh, so, hey, Magic 8 Ball is uh, connected to Cincinnati. That uh, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> what are you 
you basing that on? Just a, you know. You know. Listen, I lived in Cincinnati. I can say this stuff about their chili and their proclivity for soothsaying toys. Uh, so the component, the functional component of the Magic 8-Ball was invented by Albert Carter, who was inspired by a spirit writing device used by his mother, a Cincinnati clairvoyant. Okay, a spirit writing device. Yes. I, I don't know about that. So it was called the Psychoslate. And it was Holy those- <laughs> shit, yes. Holy shit. <laughs> it was a small chalkboard inside of a sealed container. And when she met with a client, she would close the lid of the container, ask a question, and the room would fill with sounds of chalk. And then she'd open the container and there would be writing dictated by the spirits on the chalkboard. Okay. Yeah. Does that mean that she would like shake the container with like a piece of chalk inside of it and then would like try to read what came out of it? Or because it's, that seems like a lot to be like, open up the box. That seems more like a magic trick than any kind of sort of clairvoyant I'm guessing. I'm guessing that she did not operate in isolation and perhaps there was somebody assisting her. Yeah. That is my guess. It's usually more abstract than that is all I'm saying. The like, oh, did you hear that over the radio? It sounded to me like they were saying, biscuits, please. (laughs) So we all know what that means. Have you ever been to like a fortune teller of any kind? Have I ever been to a fortune teller of any kind? I don't believe so. Mm No. No. I had uh, somebody do like a tarot reading for me once, but I'm like 100% sure they bought them on Amazon and did not know actually what it was they were doing. And I am pretty sure actually I was their first one. I haven't either. I'm always surprised by like the number of people that have kind of invested in that. You know, it's rad. Like I'm, I'm all for it. It is like, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that you're curious about and it doesn't, you know, doesn't hurt you. Yeah. And so I get it. Uh, I'm just like, I'll have a conversation with somebody and they're like, oh yeah, no, I've totally done that. And it surprises me. Yeah. Uh, so, so Carter, uh, in 1944 created what he called the psycho seer, which was a liquid-filled tube divided in the center, and there was a clear window which allowed a view of the dice that he placed in it. Okay. Uh, and so you would turn the tube upright, and then one of the die would raise, and so it was basically the Magic 8 ball, but it was a tube instead of a ball. Not as fun, I think we can all agree. <laughs> Uh, he presented it to a local Cincinnati store owner, and uh, they started uh, mass producing it. We end up with the eight ball uh, because he actually worked with a billiard company. Okay. <laughs> That's it. That's like, it's arbitrary. The eight ball is not like the most prophetic of the billiard balls. <laughs> it's just that... That's the one. I guess it makes sense. You couldn't do like a magic three ball. Like the three ball doesn't have a ton of significance in 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 pool. Yeah, they they didn't really realize it was a toy. Like for a long time, they were like marketing it as like a paperweight kind of like not oh, like a like a children's toy. Well, and let's be clear here: the magic eight ball is not a toy. <laughs> it is not anything that anybody ever picks up and is like. <laughs> Um, so the Psycho Seer, uh, was not doing particularly well. Because it's not as cool a name as Psycho Slate. The fact that he changed it from Psycho Slate, which is still gives me chills every time I hear it, is wild. (laughs) 
Um, Brunswick Billiards approached uh, approached them and asked them to create a billiard-shaped version of the Psychoseer for a promotional campaign. Uh, in 1951, they began marketing the toy as the Magic 8-Ball with a retail price of $1.98. Okay. Uh, the redesigned product was an instant hit, and the rest is history. I guess so. Man, I, there's some things in history that like you can say, and then it became an instant hit, and then I'm like... Yeah, but why though? This is a juicy billiard ball that tells the future. <laughs> why is that the why That's is the, the juicy billiard ball the thing that people are like, this is it? That's why like I, w- I was talking about cootie catchers and mash. Like when you're a kid, like your whole life is in front of you and it seems like you have no control over anything. Right. You know? And and you don't necessarily trust what adults are telling you. And so you look to the dark arts. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and also, like, how are you going to find out, you know, whether or not Brad likes you? Ask Brad, or ask Brad's friends. Well, more like you'd have your friend ask Brad's friend, and or fill out a piece of paper where the check yes or no. Or do what was sort of more common in my generation, which is, like, you make a very obscure, passive-aggressive AOL Instant Messenger away message that (laughs) it might get through the grapevine, like, hey, I think Griffin's uh, asking about... What whoever, there were so many. So so the ones that you you didn't mention, you forgot about Outlook Good and Outlook Not So Good. Okay, lazy. uh, Which I had to kind of learn. I feel like I didn't really understand what Outlook meant. Like, what did that mean as a kid? I had no idea. It's just a non-committal way for this ball to say things might be good. Also, concentrate and ask again, which I feel like is kind of a... Yeah, it's your fault. Kind of a burn. It's your fault I fucked this up. <laughs> I'm a ball. You're a person. So don't blame it on me. Okay, I will just... I will provide a little guidance on the Magic 8 Ball. Okay. Um, is there a good way to do it? You're not supposed to shake it. You if just you, like turn it upside down. If you shake it, you get lots of bubbles. Oh, uh, no. And, and you're not supposed to do that. That's true about babies, too. There's a lot of reasons not to shake the babies. And they tell you that in, like, Babies 101. But a big thing is bubbles. You do not want bubbles in there <laughs> uh, it, anywhere. Trust me on this one. Um, in So, apparently, the bubble problem used to be, like, a bigger thing in 1975. The uh, <laughs> ideal toy company, quote, fixed the bubble problem. They patented a bubble-free dye agitator. Uh, with an inverted funnel that rerouted the air trapped inside. Oh, cool. I'm glad. So I guess shake it. I guess shake it is what I'm saying. Shake it up. Life's short. Shake the ball. (laughs) That's all I got. All right. That was fun. (laughs) That was a fun one. It's one of those wild things I literally never thought about, like how how did this big, juicy billiard ball become a profit? It doesn't. And you explained it to me, and to be honest, I still don't understand, but... (laughs) I'm closer. It does seem strange to me that somebody would look at that tube, that fortune telling tube, and say, that's perfect for my pool yeah, brand. This is a great tube you've made. Can you make it ball shaped, a completely different three dimensional <laughs> ge- geometric object? Uh, hey, thank you for listening. Thank you to Bowen and Augustus for the use for a theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, and thank you again to everybody who came out uh, in the Max Fun Drive. Seriously, you all blew us away. We know times are shitty uh, still, 
Uh, they were shitty last year as well, and you both both times you all came out to yeah um, all, over us. twenty thousand new and upgrading donors yeah so th- seriously thank you all so much it's it is humbling and and uh, uh, life affirming and yeah thank you um hey we have uh, a lot of stuff at McElroy.family, a lot of other shows yeah got a lot of merch a lot of fun merch yeah uh, that you can find there uh, and there's a ton of shows uh, also at maximumfun.org that you should check out hopefully you tried out some new stuff during the max fun drive but we encourage you to go uh, support those shows too there's a lot of great ones on the network like uh, Fanti and Stop Podcasting Yourself and just just a whole bunch of shows all at MaximumFun.org. Reading Fun. Glasses. Reading Glasses, of course, all at MaximumFun.org. And uh, I think that's it. Hope y'all are staying cool <laughs> having a cool summer. Hey, think, think some good thoughts for the St. Louis Blues this oh, playoff boy, season because they're going to need it. They're going to need it. Oh, boy. They got Perron with the COVID, didn't they? Yeah. Damn it. Damn it, what are we supposed to do? I actually got the call yesterday. Oh, are you going to play? Yeah, so I got to get up to St. Louis, and they said, as long as Perron's got uh, on COVID protocols, uh-huh. we need you to become our new top scorer. And I said, I've never played hockey, and I don't know how to ice skate, I don't think. And am I supposed to hold the stick this way with this hand or this way with this hand? And they're like, "You're don't worry about it. You're also not much of a big boy. They do favor a big boy, yeah, sure. Um, but I'm fast, and they would call you a little guy. They would call me a small, a small boy. Yeah, but I can probably uh, do a great job, and I think I'm gonna make you proud. <laughs> I think I'm gonna make your dad proud, most of all. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported. The 2021 pin sale has begun. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in the Max Fun Drive. This is the last year for a while that we'll be doing pins for Max Fun Drive, and the fifth year that we'll be selling pins and donating all proceeds to charity. The past year proved what we already knew that having access to the internet at home is a necessity for work, school, healthcare, and keeping in touch with family and friends. So the proceeds from this year's pin sale will go towards Everyone On, a nonprofit working to bridge the digital divide. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help low-income folks gain access to affordable computers, internet services, and digital literacy programs. The sale will run until May 28th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the pins from the drive. That's 38 pins, one from every show on the network. We also have a special 2021 Max Fun Drive pin that all members can purchase. Go to maximumfun.org/pinsale for more info. And to learn more about Everyone On and support them directly, you can go to everyoneon.org. 